There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the Matrix on the 24th of May 2010. Newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. I always advise you to bookmark the other sites. You'll see listed on the front page there for future use because sometimes the com sites go down and this one's going down right now, in fact, up and down like a yo-yo. And if you have the bookmarks there, you can always download the latest shows from the alternate sites. And remember, too, that all the sites contain the audios, that they all have the English transcripts, a lot of the English transcripts of the shows as well for download and print up. And the Alan Watt Sentinel.eu site also has the transcripts in other languages. So visit them all. And remember, too, when you're there, don't just listen to all the audios. It's good to help me out here. You can buy the books and DVDs and the discs I have for sale. That will make me just tick over as I keep putting more and more money out for different websites as different servers try and put chokes on me. And they actually have said that they're putting chokes on my uploads. Uh, to combine with the chokes already on my um, server for the satellite. So it's getting harder to get the stuff up there, but, but so far there's always an alternate method to do so. And if you help me out, I can always pay for more and more sites as other ones go down. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can pay and donate or purchase through personal check to Canada. That's still good. You can use an international postal money order from the post office if you want. You can also send cash or use PayPal to donate or to order. If you want to order, use the donate button, send the, send the donation in a separate email with your name and address and order, and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. You can also use Western Union or MoneyGram or PayPal for ordering or donating to me or cash. Uh, so far, the banks still accept cash from different countries, although it seems that a lot of countries are ready to go down. And we hear today, in fact, that um, uh, one of the big banks failed in Spain, and they're billing that out right now and trying to cover it up. But this is expected because we're going through into the big time of change when the power of the purse is the last part to be used to bring in the final stages of this controlled, new, globalized system, this central centrally globalized or orchestrated system, a centralized self-global government for us all with one big central bank. And these are all the birth pangs of it. They have to bring us through this to make it all happen. And it's very important we all have some suffering to do in order to praise them when they come out with their solution. That's how they always do it. And... Remember, too, those people who get the shows and who have gone off the computer altogether, but some people burn them and pass them around to meetings and so on, you can get in touch with me by writing. Yep, the postal works, believe it or not. Writing to me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estere, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P for Peter, the number 3, E for Elizabeth, 4, 
N for Nora, and number one, P3E4N1. And that should get to me, although they hold it up a few days while they check it all in their special post offices, but they do pass it on with nice blue rubber bands around bundles of them. And that's the real world we're living in, folks, because we're totally monitored, watched, and I don't think there's anybody out there they don't have a complete file upon. Even all of those who think they've done nothing wrong, they seem to still think that they only watch people who've done something wrong. And if I'm good, they'll leave me alone and I can play. Now, they've been watching everyone for an awful, awful long time. Awful long time. Before you were born, in fact, you were watching Generations. I'll be back with more after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. And I could easily go off and give a, a hundred examples of what's happened over the weekend in a, a thousand different areas even and just hype it into pure terror and fear, but there's no point in doing that. Everyone reads, everyone's on the internet these days and you just can't avoid all the bad news. And it's intentionally all out there, of course, to make sure that we all get the message that we're going through amazing crisis. And we tend, again, to expect, being domesticated, that is, we expect that the masters and governments will take care of the big problems for us. And we get more nervous when they don't seem to be doing what we think are the right things, or at least the the proper safeguards to protect us all. And that's really what it's about, isn't it? We're domesticated, we want protection from the shepherd, and we don't realize that the shepherd was never our friend. The shepherd is meant to dominate you and uh, control you and have you very peaceful. That way you don't run off and and stampede and run away from his grasp because he wants to feed off you. And so far, you see, human beings have been awfully good at feeding their masters. Today, uh, there's too many of us. They don't need us, you see, in the West anymore. They talked about this even before World War II, that the time would come uh, that there'd be too many people, because they already planned before World War II, uh, that there would be an end to the whole industrial era of the West. They'd already talked about setting it up in third world countries where the labor would be cheap. And they even set in the motions through various UN institutions and agreements to set up departments within every government that signed on to the United Nations to set up departments to do investment in third world countries for big international corporations. And politicians who often would retire from politics were put into these OECD companies where they went abroad and used your tax money to fund the, the setting up of plants for the private corporations to take over and move into. That's the real history of the world. We're used, and then the big boys simply move on. And we have a problem with that because we think that uh, our own kind tend to rule us, our own kind. We identify those at the top with the national symbols and emblems and the tribal symbols and all that kind of stuff. Uh, every country's got its indoctrination into that and you think they must be yours. And yet, as I say, big players in 
international organizations that are set up to bring in globalism, like the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the CFR, have been working steadily since about the 1920s to bring in this world order. And it's staffed with people who don't believe in nationalism of any kind. Their whole goal is internationalism. And we've got to remember, too, that the elite in all ages have simply moved from place to place. I used to wonder about that because you would get your basic histories where they'd give you uh, the rising of empires and the big generals and the wars they fought and uh, who got the medals and all that kind of stuff. But they never really told you who funded it. And obviously the merchant classes and the bankers existed in ancient times. We know this from writings even from people like Aristotle, whose wife was given to him really, uh, from another country, and she was a daughter of an international banker of that period. Uh, and they funded wars for Athens and other countries. So when a country fails and goes down, you better believe the, the, the elites of that country know what's coming because they're probably financing the bunch that are going to bring you down. And they've already moved on from there. You'd be surprised how many very old families who are not bankrupt by any means at all, they never suffer from recessions and all that kind of stuff, how many families have been moving out of Europe, old families with old estates, who certainly are raking in the money. It's not because they, they need the, ma- the money they're selling off their mansions and their big estates, their, their historical houses, and they're simply moving out. But, you know, no one can find out where they're going. And yet they're all listed, these big mansions, in certain directories. Where are they moving off to? We know these massive super cities have been built abroad. We've even had documentaries on television from uh, CBC and BBC and so on about the new super cities built in China for Westerners. Brand new, state-of-the-art, completely modern and high-tech. But it's not for the likes of you or I, you see. We'll simply get managed as we go downhill. Because we're going into a new order where we redefine everything for sustainability. That's why they brought in the term sustainability. If we were still needed to manufacture and still needed to, to be the pure war machine, uh, you would be having a lot of goodies right now. You'd have your, your junker cars and the cops would leave you alone. You'd have your booze and your cigarettes and everything else and no one would bother you. And you'd be quite secure in your homes. You wouldn't be hassled on the streets and so on, as you are today. That only happens when your usefulness is over. The ones who are getting the the cheap smokes and the cheap booze and the partying and so on are the laboring class in China right now. That's the standard procedure. When you've lived long enough, you, you can, you've seen this. You, you, you see it. You've got to be, always be aware of what's happening in your own time. And you must remember each period within your own time as things really changed. And you've got to go into and study the system that you're living under. And the books are out there. The books have always been put out there. Legally, they're put out there by generally politicians who've been in politics for their, their entire lives or top-level bureaucrats or people like Kissinger or Brzezinski's. Very boring books. 
because uh, they love to write their memoirs. And they put stuff in there that really gives you a completely view, a different view of everything that's been and what is and what's to come that was never published and spoken about by them personally when they were in the public limelight, at least to the general press. At least if it was to the press, it was never relayed to the public. Remember that during World War II, many groups were formed from one top group already established, and they decided that the whole problem with World War II were the masses, and that the masses were just too dumb and stupid that some guy like Hitler might come along in any country and they'd all rise up in any country with the same intentions and methods and do the same things. That's what they claimed. And I've told you before that psychopaths never, ever blame themselves for causing anything. They always blame the victim. The ordinary people have never demanded war at any time. Never. The ordinary people wait to get told what to do. The ordinary people get ordered by those who rule over them. And the ordinary people wouldn't even think of getting a whip round the streets for a few pennies to buy a battleship and go off to war. It's impossible. It's ridiculous. But nevertheless, the conclusions they came to, at least decided to blame anyway, uh, the ultimate conclusions were that the masses were responsible for all of this. And therefore, they'd have to do things in the future to make sure it would never happen again. They'd already figured out different techniques to control the minds of the public through people like Bertrand Russell and Aldo Huxley and many, many, many more specialists that were brought in from Europe before World War II. And eventually they settled them in London and in the U.S., mainly in the big universities, to do experimental studies and so on and implement their techniques on the population to create a brand new culture. The CIA was also involved in that. The CIA simply came out of the OSS. And when the order was given from the President of the United States to literally create a brand new culture, uh, he gave permission to groups like the Macy Group and the different groups that came in from Frankfurt and so on, the Frankfurt School, and they created the whole drug scene. A whole new movement to break the conditioning of learning from one generation to the other. All that was normal had to be destroyed. What had become normal had to be destroyed. A new normal was created through the free love and all the rest of it. And they understood perfectly well what the fallout would be. And they brought in psychiatry and therapy and all the rest of it to deal deal with the fallout. Abortion clinics sprung up. And um, they basically said, do what you want to do. You have no responsibility. Have a good time. And they made sure that the LSD and all the other drugs flooded into the country and were widely distributed. There are people up on video today admitting that they were part of it. Professors. Part of this whole thing. I've also talked about the book, uh, America's Cultural Cold War, which gives you a lot of this information, but it only goes up to about 1967. The rest of it is still classified from then on. Why? Because they were still at it, and they are at it today, constantly creating the new culture. 
a new type of culture, a culture where no one bonds with anyone, which is beautiful, because if you can't bond with anyone and you are the problem and you are the causes of war, you see, or the masses, then you can't even bond together in any common purpose or common cause. You can't do it. And that's what you find today. People can't do that. What they do is actually wait for leaders to be supplied to them. And the government makes sure that they are supplied with the leaders who are trained in how to speak, how to get through to certain types, for the type they want to attract. And it's, you're ready-made, you're tailor-made for them. You're, you're, you're open minds waiting to be downloaded into and used. I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, just talking about the, the things that have happened in the past leading up to the present, because you've got to understand what has been happening for an awful long time. As we're deculturalized and uh, the old system is in shambles, there's new types of families redefined where women are quite happy to be supported by the state. That's the new husband, you see, the government is the, is the husband. Something that always wanted to be. And they now have complete access to the children's minds. Remember Bertrand Russell said, he said the, the state must give the children the, the values, the new values. And that's been happening. And I personally can hardly watch a documentary about Britain and the shambles it's in. And the, the state of the youngsters there who have absolutely no hope at all. Uh, because this is the, the legacy of the complete takedown. They were used for a few centuries and completely wrung dry of everything. They've still got masses of debt to pay. Their governments, through the GATT treaties and other treaties, signed away uh, the rights to have uh, work in their own country by allowing all the companies within their countries, they used to get state subsidies too, mind you, to go offshore to China and elsewhere for cheap labor and leave nothing behind except massive unemployment. They knew the ramifications of this before they signed the treaties. They don't sign the treaties and say, yeah, now all the companies will go abroad. We'll even pay them to go abroad with the tax money. Uh, and, uh, of course, no one will have any, have any work to do. You know, do you think they just, they just realized that long after the fact? No. Nothing happens like that. Everything's planned meticulously and the fallouts of everything that they do by their own think tanks. And their RAND Corporation and all the other corporations they have running all data constantly through computers. They know exactly all the spin-offs and fallouts and so on. And you've got to realize who has been running the culture for such a long time. I mentioned that book, and the book actually is titled The CIA and the World of Arts and Letters, The Cultural Cold War, by Francis Stor, uh, Stoner Saunders. Excellent book to read. It's a bit long-winded at times, well-padded, but too well-padded, uh, And but the data is in there. Literally how they decided to take over and give a new culture to a whole new generation of youngsters 
with a whole new way of living. And they promoted almost every famous poet, artist, uh, musician, the guys who ran the music industry, uh, the rock industry. They made sure there's lots of various drugs flooding the countries, not just in Britain, but in the U.S., because, as I say, the OSS split up into MI6 and CIA with the same people in charge. And they had bases in France and Germany and other countries to make sure everyone was going along the same path at the same time. And they funded the nihilistic art that turned up everywhere because they wanted to create a feeling of apathy as well, where beauty had to go. Traditional ideas and ideals of beauty had to go, and this this modernistic uh, nihilism was to be introduced, which helps to disconnect disconnect from the past. And they've been very, very successful. But they also knew, as I say, the different departments were also moving into creating uh, economies in third world countries at the same time. The problem is how do you take down countries and still manage the people, still get enough of them going into the armies because you've still got wars to fight in the Middle East and other countries before it's all over, and then China can take over as the policemen of the world. Now, the U.S. right now is in this state of, and I'm not kidding you, I mean, I've heard a lot of people think they're waking up, but what they're doing is, is simply reacting to, reacting to the conditions that they can't escape anymore. They can't be blind to. They're reacting. And they have no idea uh, that this has been going on for such a long time and they floated and dreamed their way through it. And they've got to catch up awfully quick because, you see, the U.S. has been drained as it took over from Britain as well and funded the whole New World Order through its taxes. And they also had all their industry taken abroad through the GATT Treaty. But because it was such a big country, they still had some work left at home. But they're now feeling the pinch as more and more people are unemployed. They've been raped of their housing industry and their houses. And there are still people losing their houses every day because of licensing that the governments put out to, to let these uh, shyster mortgage brokers uh, operate in the U.S. They got permission from the government to do that. They knew it was going to happen. And they could pull the plug any time they wanted to or keep the bubbles going for as long as they wanted to, but that was the time to do it. Because we're simply following a long-term business plan, you understand. That's what it is. It's a long-term business plan. But everything is phased in on cue at the right time, like any TV production. It's as precise as that. Not too late, not too early, but right on cue. And I've said for years that as the U.S. was the military machine and the financing machine of the big boys, the New World Order, and bringing all this in in the Middle East and finishing off, they'll be pulling the rug from under your feet at home. And that's exactly what they're doing back after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And as I say, the, la- the U.S. really is the last place to go down in all of this. The only difference with the U.S. and other countries have already fallen are that other countries are much, much older. They're used to just simply taking commands from the authorities at the top. They've never really had any idea of um, real freedoms or real democracies. It was always strict party lines, always under this strange monarchy. Regardless of the country, they're all under some form of monarchy except for France. And they don't have a memory of anything before that because what was before it really was, was feudalism and serfdom. So the U.S. was the last place to have a, a, a memory of freedoms and rights and all the rest of it, even though the government's stampeding all over them and have been for a long time. The fact is the memory survives, and that's the only hope that they've got, really, is that the fact they, they know there was another way of living before this before what's coming down even existed. And that's where its best hope lies, as in not just reviving a memory, but reliving it as a way of life. And that's, that can be a hard thing to do once you're corrupted. And believe you me, the whole of society has been corrupted through a war upon them, with the, an invisible war, really, an unspoken war, it was relentless and done through their schooling, their education, through their entertainment, uh, through, again, this, say, the companies and organizations that worked through the CIA flooding the country with drugs. And, as I say, it was authorized from the top down to do so, to destroy all that was, to bring in the new. And what is the new? It's a totally controlled society. Totally controlled I've always said that we pay for our chains, we pay for the making of our chains and uh, and for the transfers from one order to the next to us, and then they're put on us, and we accept them. And that's got to stop. That's got to stop because uh, the chains simply pull you down into the dungeon. I've often said, too, it's odd how we're trained into obedience. And I've gone through different textbooks that they use at the top, on obedience to authority. One of them's actually called that. Excellent book. And they know how we respond to authority. I mean, they know that through our training and conditioning, very few people will ever break free and think, wait a minute now, technically that person has no more rights to tell me what to do than I've got to tell them what to do. But you obey them because you've been trained to obey what you see are authority figures. And there's so much more to it. And, of course, fear comes into it, too. What happens if you don't obey? The governments know. And they've been building up an internal army for over 25 years to ensure they can cope with the chaos that they knew was coming way back then. But for the rest of the world, they're in an awful, awful state. Now they have to be trained and taught what's left of them that they've got to be more austere than they already are. And the unemployment rates across Europe are staggering. There's literally no hope for the youth at all. Staggering. And they're bringing the same thing to North America. 
It's amazing how no one's concerned until it actually hits them personally. And I've often said that that's when you, you think you're waking up, but you're, you're really reacting to something hitting you. You're quite content as long as everyone else is getting laid off. And that's what they rely upon at the top is is a selfish nature of people. How else have they ensured that uh, the present generation or tried to ensure the present generation um, is going to be malleable? We all remember what they said, and Huxley said it an awful long time ago. So did Julian Huxley, his brother, Aldo's brother. Julian was the first CEO of UNESCO, and they talked about using pharmacology upon the people. Now, you all think it's like mandatory pharmacology. Well, that that is being used, certainly in the schools, when there's a massive lot of youngsters, especially the males, being drugged by society. Society is accepting the fact that children are being drugged by the state. Can you believe it? I can't even believe it yet, to be honest with you. But there's also the other kind of pharmacology that's put out on the streets. They also meant that too. Because when people are taking the street drugs, they don't feel like banding together and, and standing up for rights and human rights and their own rights and all the rest of it. It doesn't occur to them. They're too far gone. They're always somewhere else in outer space. They're all space cadets. So there's many ways to disable the mind. And then the massive inoculation campaigns and ever-increasing inoculations with autism being blatant at the bottom level and all degrees of it supposedly going up all the way into attention deficit and a disorder and hyperactivities disorders and all the other multiple disorders that keep reclassifying the psychiatric textbooks and never ever saying how come this is all happening now when it didn't happen before, when autism was incredibly rare back in the 1950s. And now it's like we've one in four. <laughs> Here's an article here, and I'll put these articles up on my website at the end of the show, remember, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And it's uh, Britain bans a doctor who linked autism to vaccine. That's what you get when you get... See, if you break ranks with these guys, and you're licensed, they come after you. It says... Uh, May 24th, London, a doctor whose research linking autism and the vaccine for measles, mumps and rubella influenced millions of patients to refuse a shot for their children was banned Monday from practicing medicine in his native Britain. Dr. Andrew Wakefield's 1998 study was discredited, but vaccination rates have never fully recovered and he continues to enjoy a vocal following held by the U- in the U.S. by endorsements from celebrities like Jim Carrey and Jenny McCarthy. And then they go on to really slam him and slam him and slam him and try to ridicule him by making the statement that uh, that his 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 research, etc., is null and void and they've proven that vaccines work, etc., and it's got nothing to do with it, which is nothing of the kind. I've never yet seen any of their studies saying that, that their vaccines are definitely not responsible. I'm talking about scientifically put out studies to say that. I've seen lots of comments in the media from them, but I've never seen the studies to prove that vaccines aren't causing this. And if, and if the vaccines weren't causing this, why aren't they investigating into what has caused autism to be so common? Hmm? Because they're not looking into that at all. You think they'd be a little curious, wouldn't they? 
And you see, that's another part of it too. It's an attack on the mind. Because people who are autistic have problems communicating with other people. They can't form relationships. But so again, people who can't form relationships won't band together, protest or riots. The last thing they wanted was a resurgence of the 1980s riots they had through Britain. That won't happen again. They make sure of these things. And the, the drug companies literally are all big, a part of it. They've always been a big part of this whole new world order. They're all owned by the same bankers. And here's an article here. You prove how corrupt they are. Tuesday, May the 11th from Reuters. Rotavirus vaccines made by GlaxoSmithKline and Merkin Co. Inc. are safe to use despite being contaminated with the pig virus U.S. health regulators ruled on Friday. Now, that's only been a, a, a two or three months since uh, it came out, maybe even less, maybe two months, uh, that they came out with a statement that they'd found an independent group looked into their, their their vaccines and found this strange pig virus. And I read it on the air at the time. And they, they, according to the companies that make them, they were absolutely stunned and didn't know how it got there. And they didn't seem to, to be too curious as why they why it was there either, you know, but they didn't know it was there. This is what they claim. They didn't know it was there. Now, if you if, if you get a complaint like that puts in and you accept that it is there, you found, yep, sure enough, it is there. Uh, you could, you have to then take it off the markets and put it into testing for five or more years to test this virus out on other animals and species before you could possibly come back with a study to say it's harmless, right? That's how it works, folks. But two, two months later or so, it's just been ruled that it's okay to use. The Food and, Health, uh, Food and Drug Administration, in a, in a statement, said it was safe for doctors to resume giving patients Glaxo's uh, Rotarix and continue using Merck's Rotatech. The agency said there was no evidence that contamination caused any harm. Now, it takes, as I say, five or more years to test all this stuff out. So they haven't tested it. They've just come up with a statement. There's no evidence that contamination caused any harm and the vaccines were important in preventing hospitalizations and death. That's exactly what they said about the measles, mumps and rubella, that the benefits outweigh the risks. Rotavirus can cause fatal diarrhea. And at the time, too, it even says why they're using it in the U.S. because the incidence of this this, uh, rotavirus is so tiny in the U.S. It's mainly in third world countries. It's big bucks too, but it's also other reasons as well. I'm sure, I'm sure this pig virus has got something that will show itself down the roads and it'll be, they'll be all stunned and shocked, of course, when it happens. It says the FDA's decision follows a May 7th recommendation by its advisory panel, which ruled that the risk to humans from the pig virus was theoretical at best. Now that's completely unscientific because you can't, you can't you, you can't come back with a theoretical answer. This could be a scientific answer through investigative research and proof and testing. See? It called for continuous use of the vaccine, saying their benefits outweighed the potential risks. They say that with everything. And the Mercury, of course, they said the same thing with the Mercury in the vaccines. 
Some strains of the pig virus are believed to cause a wasting syndrome in young piglets, marked by diarrhea and an inability to gain weight, but they are not known to injure humans <laughs> because they haven't tested it supposedly to see what happens when they put it in your bloodstream. <laughs> Tests found DNA from the virus in master cells used to make Glasgow, Glasgow's uh, product. The officials have said that the DNA may have come from a pig-derived enzyme called trypsin used early in development. It may have. They don't know, and they're not really too concerned to find out. Eh? The company has said there's no manufacturing or safety issue with its vaccine. Merck has also said its products are safe. So there yet, they say it's safe. They haven't tested to see what this virus will cause in the human being or anything else for that matter, except what it does to pigs. It gives them a wasting disease and all the rest of it. So I guess uh, maybe they expect us, you know, the pigs that we are, to come down with the same kind of wasting diseases. Who knows? Who knows, folks? Because I'm telling you, that's how callous it is at the top. And I, the FDA is staffed by guys who worked with these corporations and still, I've read the articles on the air, still do reports and work for these organizations and the big pharma companies. And they're passing this stuff as safe for you. Amazing, eh? And say the first bank in Spain went down, you all know about that, the Cajusur Bank bailout prompts euro. Uh, the euro has fallen and shares in Spanish banks have been hit following their government rescue of one of the country's biggest regional lenders. That's all over the media. And they're waiting to see who goes down next. And we're supposed to all get terrified now and start gnashing our teeth and biting our nails and hoping our governments are going to save us when it's our turn. We've all get taught the big lesson. Now, it's also all going on around the internet, too, from mainstream news. That the Canadians are all being monitored on their online chat rooms. Well, they've always been monitored by their, in their online chat rooms and the different forums that they go into. They have been from the very beginning. You know, the PSYOP stuff that I've read on the air from the official sites of the governments it said they'd put out operatives who would go into the chat rooms and even take over and dominate them. I've gone through the Sunstein techniques as well, where you infiltrate and then you start to take down groups that are forming by making them quite unsure of the beliefs of why they're getting together in the first place. But they've also been monitoring all of us from the very, very beginning. They were monitoring us all before they gave us the Internet and other means as well. But this article here, is uh, about Canada. Harper government is monitoring online chats about politics and they're correcting what it calls misinformation. Ottawa News 11.30 The Harper government has been monitoring the political messages online and even correcting what it considers misinformation. One local expert says the government is taking things too far. Unlike the pilot program, the Harper government paid a media company $75,000 to monitor and respond to online postings about the East Coast seal hunt. This is the excuse they give you. Uh, University of British Columbia computer science professor and president of the BC Freedom of Information and Privacy Association, Richard Rosenberg, says it seems unnecessary for the government to be going this far. The government has a lot of power that it feels the need to monitor public bulletin boards or places where people express views and then respond to that. seems to be going beyond a reasonable action the government should be taking. And it goes on and on and on and on. But it doesn't surprise me because 
They've been at it in other ways. You don't know who's in the chat room. You don't know who is in the forum. And they're all being manipulated. All. And someone comes in, takes over, frightens them all. Strange how when they frighten them all, they, get, they, they give more respect to the guy that's frightening them. And then they start doing his bidding. And they get turned against different people and they shower them with emails and they'll get used. They're so easily used people, you know. And think they know how to do it at the top. And getting the next generation is, is growing up ready for the sustainable community. It's just, well, they will be uh, in Brave New World. They, they, these youngsters are growing up now will experience the Brave New World scenario uh, in a time when most eventually... the after them will be born without the need of uh, parents as we know it. And uh, they're getting taught this, that generation is growing up now to be sustainable and green and all nice and, and so on. And to, they're getting taught nothing but communitarianism and social policy and politics, really. Socialism, not education to survive because they really don't need to survive in, in this new system in the, the old way. They won't be going into jobs that used to be there, for instance. But they've got to be politically correct. So they're teaching children, 11 years old or so, about rape, pornography, and prostitution. Mind you, they've already been taught about masturbation and all different things before that. From UNESCO. And this is from the Daily Mail. I'll read this when I get back from this break. I am Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Just reading an article here is to show Americans. You see, all this has happened already in Europe and European countries, but you see, this is the last bastion in the States, and uh, it's going down fast. And this is what you look forward to if you allow it. And that's what it's about, if you allow it. Uh, Pupils aged 11 debate rape, pornography and prostitution, 24th of May 2010 by the Daily Mail. Educational packs for pupils as young as 11 contain over-explicit information about rape, pornography and prostitution. It was claimed today. The packs produced by the charity, charity, you know, the philanthropists again, I've got authorization from the UN. The charity called Rape Crisis also cover female genital mutilation, forced marriages and human trafficking. This is 11 year, this is 11 year olds, remember. Its authors claim children are already sexualized, and that's true, they are, because they've already had years of being told about masturbation and all kinds of various kinds of sexual preferences and so on. And the teachers can use their discretion to decide uh, what they discuss, but the campaign for real education has branded the initiative irresponsible and said parents will be horrified. Well, I don't know. I don't know if their parents will be horrified. They've already let all the other stuff go down without murmuring too much as they watch all the stuff on TV in front of the children that it shouldn't be. The pacts encourage mixed classes of boys and girls to discuss whether women ask ask for it, ask it sex, by wearing short skirts, drinking alcohol, etc., etc. Then they give them in the, the role-playing things. This is what they always do, role-playing, you see. They do adults too, in fact, when they're training them and all this stuff. Role-playing. <laughs> 
to make sure that it, it really gets fixed there, sort of imprinting on the brain. And I said, this is what the U.S. has got to look forward to. It's all been done elsewhere. And then here's what else they're doing in countries that they've already completely got down to utterly demoralized state, completely dysfunctional society, Britain again. Mum's fury after being approached in the street and offered 200 pounds as she'll get sterilized. May 23rd, 2010, the daily record. A police, the police launched an investigation yesterday after a mum was stopped in the streets and offered £200 to become sterilised. Outraged Deborah Wilson, 33, was leaving a health centre. That's where you got health centres over there. With son Jay, when she was approached by controversial Project Prevention. That's what's called Project Prevention. It's a big charitable organisation that's, again, authorised by the United Nations. And it's funded through the U.S., the U.S.-funded group were set up to stop drug addicts having babies, but they're approaching everybody, by the way. They asked Deborah, who is not a drug user, to agree to have a contraceptive implant or full sterilization. Just imagine walking your child along the street, and these people come up and harass you, and actually get sterilized. She said last night, I've never been so insulted in all my life. Who are these people? I was horrified when they came up to me. I couldn't believe what I was actually hearing. I could imagine it. I was just taking my son Jay to get checked up and was coming out at the health centre when the women just strolled up to me. They seemed to be filming the whole thing as well. Deborah and Jay 9 were stopped by the volunteers on Friday in the grounds of Fossil uh, Park Health Centre in Glasgow. Amazing, amazing. That's what you got to look forward to the US if you don't really stand up now and start dictating to your governments as you should be. They're supposed to serve you. And uh, I don't think it has for an awful long time. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>